Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everybody, it's Jen. I forgot to announce something in this episode, so I'm saying it up here. In June, um, we raised well over $450 to donate to an organization that helps send uh, PPE to healthcare workers that don't have all of the right stuff. So I'll be sending receipts of that um, once I make that payment and I'll announce it on the show next week. And then July, all of July, every single piece of merchandise in my store that is sold, it doesn't have to be a mask, it can be a pillow, a mug, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, a tank top, a baby onesie, and I have such cute stuff in my merch store, stuff that says rich bitch, or I meditated today, motherfucker, or girls will be girls, or feminist as fuck, or a picture of my sister's cat mitten sitting in a hay bale, and it says, hey, girl, get it? Um, all kinds of really cool stuff, things that say, I'm not fun, I'm fun, everyone's fun is different, get yourself a nice uh, tank top for the summer, or look ahead and get a hoodie for the fall, mugs, whatever, I've got a meditated today motherfucker pillar, all kinds of cool stuff. So anyway, my point is that I don't get 100% of the sales, but the percentage that I do make, I I donate all of it. And in July, we'll be donating to um, an organization that helps get testing for COVID-19 in communities that need it most. So get to buying. If you go to um, my Instagram, at Jen Kirkman or at Jen Kirkman Podcast, the link is in the bio. You can just click and it'll say merchandise store. You can, of course, go to my website, jenkirkman.com and click shop. And that will lead you to the merchandise store. And the link will be, if you're listening to this on iTunes, it will be in the description of the show. So there you go. That's how you can find out how to shop it. And yeah, there you go. So anything you buy, I'm donating all that money uh, at the end of July to that organization. So thanks again for doing this. Um, you know, I think we've raised over a thousand dollars so far for various COVID charities and we'll just keep doing it. It's a little bit, but you know, it just raises awareness and why not do it? Why not do it? So thanks again. Have, hope you enjoy this episode. Have 
Dropping Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, episode 342 for July 1st, 2020. Wow. What is this, you ask? Well, I'm Jen Kirkman. I'm a comedian. I have two comedy specials on Netflix streaming right now. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. I'm also a best-selling author. You can find my two books anywhere you buy books, whether it's Amazon or IndieBound.org. I can barely take care of myself, written about choosing not to have children and how everyone freaks out about it. And my second follow-up book, I Know What I'm Doing and Other Lies I Tell Myself About Getting Divorced, Dating Again at 40, Traveling the World, Some Celebrity Gossip. This podcast is where I go to show another side of myself, to be myself completely, and you can enjoy being part of my weekly monologue. It's like a friend leaving you a really long voicemail. Nothing is scripted. It's not joke per minute. Per minute. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's serious, and it's always honest and real. Now, this is the portion of the show where I would normally tell y'all what my tour dates are, but due to COVID-19, I am not going anywhere this year. Now, some of the clubs that I'm performing in or we're scheduled to perform in, are open. But I'm not going to play Texas as cases spike. And there is no vaccine or treatment. And I also don't believe in many clubs are not requiring audiences to wear masks. But their underpaid employees do have to wear masks, which is great that they should. But no audience in a mask, that's a fuck you to the underpaid employees and to the comedian, and to yourselves. I won't be part of it. I think it's immoral. So, I will not be in the following cities as planned this year. I have already canceled and not gone to Phoenix, Arizona, Spokane, Washington, Winnipeg, Dallas, Texas, New York City. Now, New York City and Winnipeg Caroline's in New York isn't opening until 2021. God bless them for being smart. Winnipeg rescheduled me. I was supposed to be there in August. I'll be there next year, God willing. I will not be in Bloomington, Indiana, Buffalo, New York, Seattle, Washington. I do have two things scheduled for the end of the year in Portland, Oregon, and Phoenix. I believe I will probably cancel those two, but I'm going to wait until it gets a little closer to the date just on the off chance there's some kind of vaccine and people think it's safer to move about the country. But I know the vaccines that we're talking about aren't like a one-time vaccine where you get it and you're totally immune. They're more like a flu vaccine, which is usually 30 to 40% accurate. I may not want to fuck with that. I don't know when and if I'll ever get back to normal. I really don't. But in lieu of tour dates played over fun music, I'm just telling you about my Patreon. That is the only way to support me in what seems like the same as supporting a live show context contest. And here's the cool thing about my Patreon. For five bucks a month, you're already getting so much. You get four video feeds a month. Right now, I'm in bed. You could see me, what it looks like in my bedroom. I do a little rant and chat and set up at the beginning of every video podcast. So you get maybe five to 10 minutes of a little bonus content every week. See what it's like at home when I set up the podcast. And uh, then you get a 20-minute bonus episode every week. And then there are some other weird bonuses I throw in there, like live chats with me 
every other, yeah, I'm going to do another one in July. Sometimes I re-release old stand-up. And all of that can be yours for just $5 a month or $10 a month. Now we're talking. That level, you get two 20-minute bonus episodes a month, plus a one-hour bonus episode every month, plus all the other bonuses. Then we go up to the $15 level. Three bonus episodes a month. plus the one-hour bonus episode. The $20 level is four 20-minute bonus episodes a month. The $25 level, now you get a mug with all of that stuff. Then the $30 level, then you get a T-shirt with all that stuff. $35 level, you get a shout-out, a little story that I make up about you with all that uh, bonus material. The $40 level, you get a poster with all of the aforementioned stuff. So there you go. You Whether you're a rich bitch or just someone who's got five bucks, Cancel any time. Charges you on the first of the month. You don't have to commit for a whole year. I mean, I'd love you to stick around, but hey. Situations sometimes change. Look at mine. I'm out of a touring job, but I like the Patreon. Because I can sit in bed and do sort of something that's like a job. All righty. Thanks all. Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Thanks for the support. I wouldn't do it if it didn't actually pay some bills. All right, everybody. What are we going to talk about on this week's fucking episode? Thanks for putting up with me last week when I got real serious about sexism. I have a couple of listener emails that Made me feel like, all right, that wasn't so bad. I don't want to hear the ones that are like, fuck you. <laughs> I actually, this is one of those times where I don't want to hear both sides. <laughs> but we'll just give a shout out to our fine listeners. Jen, you're still in forever, not a cunt. After listening to literally hundreds of hours of you talking, I feel pretty safe in my judgment. Should you end up a monster and prove me wrong, I promise to shun you like you would deserve. I don't want to post this publicly, but I'm so disappointed in the male comics I thought we're always going to be the good guys. Silence is either approval or cowardice, and while they don't suck equally, cowardice is nothing to be proud of. Thank you. That's from Nan, N-A-N. There you go. And this is a letter from a podcast from weeks ago about graduation. Jen, one of your best podcasts ever. Every word about the internet and its culture, ugh, exhausting, I know. And same about graduation. I didn't want to go and skipped one of them, and I was the first female to graduate on dad's side of the family, which I was proud of. But I had the same damn the man punk feelings, and, and that's it. Your audience does not dictate how you perform. Please don't share my name. Thanks, Jen. Well, there you go. Thanks, everybody, for the support. Now, let's get into this week's episode. So, America's opening back up for no reason, and COVID is spiking. And, you know, this was one of those things where people were saying we might see less activity in the summer because certain flu viruses are a seasonal thing in the sense that they, you know, if less people are sick with something, then less people can spread it. And that's truly we can give COVID nowhere to go 
if we don't let it set up shop in our bodies. So we have to keep our bodies away from COVID. It's like a little game of hide and seek. It's seeking all of us right now, and we're not hiding. It's not easy to wrangle a giant country full of people with all different opinions about things they don't need to have opinions about. There's science and there's not. And if you go back and look at other plagues and and, uh, pandemics, the advice was the same. Stay home. Stay at a distance if you must. Go out. Must. You know, you're going into labor. It's work-related. Not if you want to go to a bar because it's been three months. If you must go out, physical distance, and wear a fucking mask. It's always been the same. So everything seems to be opening back up, and we are heading into, well, I'm recording this early. That's another bonus you get if you join the Patreon is I usually record this a few days early, so you'll get the video version a few days before everyone else. You can usually watch it over the weekend. But when this episode comes out, it will be July 1st. And here we are in the summer, and cases are spiking. You know, it's not following generally the rule of cold and flu season. Because too many people are getting close together too soon. Now, why do things spike during cold and flu season? It's usually fall and winter, early spring. Well, because we're stuck inside together. And people are making themselves stuck inside together during this pandemic, and it's making me crazy. People are choosing to sit in restaurants and make up their own rules. I'm not talking about Republicans versus Democrats, because I live in L.A., which is extremely, I suppose it's a liberal city, or let's just say left. Listen, the whole left is a giant big tent, right? You've got everyone from just bread and butter, I'm a Democrat, to I'm a radical lefty, to I'm a socialist, to I'm a, it's, we're big tent. All of us also have people in our tent who do not take this seriously. And if Donald Trump were screaming about this disease instead of saying, it'll go away, it's a Chinese hoax, it's the Kung flu flu or whatever, I think these people would take it more seriously. Now, they don't believe me. These, these, these liberals, these Dems, these big tent, this whole group of us, these lefties, this blue, us blue man group, us blue people, they all think, oh, no, 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 I hate Trump. I hate him. He doesn't influence me. I already know whatever he says I disagree with, but I go, but it's psychological, it's societal, it's an energy, if you will. If the president was daily getting on some kind of daily briefing, it's day 90 of the battle against the coronavirus, and made it a patriotic thing. Us Americans must sacrifice for each other like we did in World War II when when to be not carpooling in a car and saving gas was thought of as supporting Hitler. But we don't have that. Or we don't have someone screaming. I don't know why the president has to be screaming. We don't have a president who's, you know, passionately talking about science every day. And when you don't have that daily thing, it gets in, it somehow seeps in that everything might be okay. I'll give you an example. I was having a lot of anxiety during May. 
this year. Not not a lot, actually. No more than I've had in other periods in my life where truly nothing is wrong, nothing's going on, but I'm just anxious. I I just decided, you know, I'm consuming too much news every five seconds, and I am in an official lockdown. I think this was like beginning of May. I'm in an official lockdown. I'm truly not going anywhere. I'm I'm finishing up a writing job, so I'm really homebound anyway. And I'm not even going to the grocery store. I'm getting things delivered, and I'm wiping down with Clorox wipes, even though I know I don't have to. And I'm going on walks outside, and I'm wearing a mask. And that's the only thing I'm doing. So I know that I'm not catching this thing right now. So I don't need to watch the updates about it every day because it's just making me anxious. It's making me anxious about what my future will look like without being able to travel. When is there a vaccine? Am I really high risk because of my breathing issues? So I stopped watching any news about anything for two weeks. I took Twitter off my phone. And I just tried to recenter and refocus my heart and soul so that I could be healthy. And when I jumped back into life, here we were, there was all kinds of things happening to participate in, in the, in the world. But during those two weeks, I have to tell you, at the end of it, I started to think, yeah, I feel pretty good. I think I, I think I've been being too strict. Like, I think I could probably, yeah, I think I could see myself like, I don't know if things opened up. Like, I think I'd get a haircut. I really started to think stuff like that. And then, but it was based on nothing. I had no idea cases were spiking. And I had no idea that sitting inside, even with masks, is still pretty risky. Like, there's not really a great reason to do it. Although masks do cut down things like 70%. But I'm just worried about that moment that I'm wearing a mask that's not really a medical grade mask for a few hours at an unnecessary thing, at a, at a haircut, which for women, if you get, you know, highlights and this, it's, it's like a three to four hour appointment. And I can't control the environment. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, oh, we're going to wipe this and we're going to do that. But let's say I get into the hair salon and there's a bunch of people around me and it's someone in your face the whole time. And what if They've had that same mask on for a week and it's cross-contaminated. And what if I touch this? I just thought there's too many variables. It's not like um, going to sit in someone's front yard where you really don't touch anything and you're 10 feet away with a mask on, which none of my friends will wear masks, so I won't socialize with them. I will do social distancing outside and a mask. They won't. They'll do outside, combo inside, Social distancing, but they've all decided that certain people are safe and they trust them. But not in the official we're potting together way, but just, oh, I've decided. But meanwhile, those friends that they trust have families that they live with and the kids are going in and out. And then those people have other friends that they trust and they're going out with them. So I don't really understand why my friends think anyone is trustworthy. And it's not a trust game like I'm lending you $5. I I trust you'll pay it back. It's we can't see who... and. The testing has stopped in LA. I tried to sign up for a free test. It's gone. And there's none at my doctor. So I don't know how anyone knows if they have it or not. We're back where we were. So I don't go anywhere. But anyway, my whole point is, 
even if you don't want to put it in Donald Trump's hands, when you're not really paying attention, you can get a false sense of everything's fine because it doesn't look like there's a pandemic. When I look out the window, it's a beautiful day. Birds are chirping. The sun is shining. Everything in nature is going according to its plan. It's, it's so hard to believe what's going on because I'm not in a hospital working. I'm not caring for the sick. And so I can see where people, the blue man group, the liberals of all stripes, also don't think they need to wear a mask. Now, it's different than these white women screaming, I have a breathing problem, which is the one I just saw today. She was in Trader Joe's in North Hollywood. That's very close to where I live. And, uh, you know, she screamed about Democrats. So she is a, a Republican or a right winger, but or conservative, or whatever she wants to identify as. But it, it's just like, you know, that we need to stop, though, saying that only those people aren't wearing masks because it doesn't help us talk to people we know who aren't like that. Does that make sense? When there's this Lucy Goose from the top, and I'm now including Governor Newsom of California, why the F is he opening everything when he said two months ago he will be led by science, not people being fatigued or any kind of uh, political thing. And now things are opening up. Salons, gyms, restaurants. I mean, there's rules. There's limited seating and distancing. But I just, I'm, t- I'm telling you. So there's a, there's a, I don't go anywhere. I didn't participate in the protest. I feel like a shitty person because of that. But I cannot fucking catch this thing. And I know that actually being outside with a mask, the reason that the Black Lives Matter protests and the we're not wearing a mask protests, and people go, oh, I guess you make excuses for those Black Lives Matter protests, but we can't protest in the Ozarks, in the pool, or wherever, you at this rally. Well, you guys aren't wearing masks, so that's why it's different. A lot of the, there hasn't been a spike because of Black Lives Matter protests. The problem, though, is the risk is if anything happens, if some dumb fuck kid next to me starts throwing bricks through a window because he thinks he's having some revolution, you know, he's an 18-year-old from Vermont that flew into Los Angeles. That's not a thing, but you know what I'm saying. And the police come round us up. They can put you in some kind of, like, bus or thing without masks, with other people near you. I'm not messing with any of that. So I'm not going. That's okay. I have influence in other areas. I'm donating. I'm doing things. There's all different ways to be part of stuff. So I'm not going to any marches for anything. So perhaps what I'm about to say is hypocritical, but I don't think so. Even if I felt safe going to a restaurant, I would have to ask myself, well, why don't I go to a protest? I'm going to a restaurant, not a protest. So I'm not going to anything. I really don't want to go to a restaurant because, again, the same risk applies. But when I see people sitting in restaurants, so I do take my daily walks just in my neighborhood, and I walk by this little street that has little cafes. And I, I look, I cross the street, so I'm not on the same side because there's cafe seating outside. And I cross and I look, And 
no one has a mask on. And there's a busboy who's Mexican and making no dollars an hour who has to work. And it's just white people talking in his face. And I go, these are also liberals. And they believe in the science. But they've decided this is okay because they're six feet apart from each other and they're eating. But here's the thing. What message are you sending? You could argue, and some dumb people probably would, he'll get money if he works as a bus white. Well, listen to me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the respect factor. That you sit there, blah, 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 blowing your air that's unprotected. Just because he has a mask on, that doesn't protect him 100%. That protects him about 50%. So now you're blowing your air in his direction. And here's the thing. Nobody does masks right at restaurants. This is what you should do at a restaurant. I'm going to go get a mask, and I'm going to demonstrate it for the video people. And I'm going to go reheat my coffee, and you guys can enjoy my bedroom decor. And for the people listening to the podcast, I'm going to take my um, iPad with me and keep talking. But, uh, yeah, so I think the – well, I guess if I keep talking, then the video people can't hear me because the video is recording in the other room. But So I'll just vamp with you guys for a minute. Hey, how you doing? I know. It's because I didn't want to edit this out. See, this is the charm of the Having Fun Listeners podcast with Jen Kirkman is that I just, you know, I may have to go reheat my coffee and I don't have this producer sitting here and we don't pause to edit or I don't have an assistant that runs and heats it up for me. So there you go. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of people podcasting right now who've made a decision to sit inside of a room with other people and that that's okay. I'm not one of those people. I mean, maybe I'm the only one taking this thing seriously. I don't understand why I'm the only one taking it seriously because, you know, I'm a goofy, fun kind of person. I love to socialize. I love to hug people. I love to go dancing. I love to have some cocktails. I love to, I love to chat all night. I love to, I don't know, give you a hug. Did I say that already? I don't like to shake hands. But uh, it's unusual for me that, you know, I'm not one of the rule breakers because of what I'm giving up so much. But, oh, hang on, let me shut this. Uh, okay. Okay, everyone, I'm coming. I just had a little chat for you video people. I just had a little chat in my kitchen, and I kept it not interesting, so you, you didn't miss anything. All right, hang on. Okay, here I'm back. All right, so this is how I think you should wear a mask in a restaurant to show the ultimate respect. I think that's the thing that I, that's bumming me out is I get it that most people are going to go back to normal before me or to semi-normal, and I get that. I'm, I'm being a little more cautious than, than the average person because I'm really, really a terrified of getting this kind of sick. And you guys knew me. I was this terrified before before COVID, of any kind of bronchial thing. So, but this is how you should wear a mask in public. Okay, so I'm pulling, I'm at the restaurant. The rule is you don't have to wear it when you eat. But I think this is what you, people can hear you through a mask. It's just cloth. So this is what it should look like. You've got your mask on. Oh, you're looking at the menu. What are you going to get, Sally? And then the waitress comes, keep the mask on, you fucking dirtbag. And you go, I'm going to have a mimosa and two waffles. Thank you so much. 
and then you keep the fucking mask on the whole time. Then she brings the mimosa. You keep it on while you talk to your friend, and then you kind of take one ear out, and you take a sip of your mimosa, and then you put the mask back on. I'm sorry, but that's just how it has to be. And then when the waitress comes back and delivers the food, keep the fucking mask on. And when you see them coming, even if you're technically eating and you don't need to have a mask on, stop eating, put the mask back on. And I know it's inconvenient. I don't like to do all that when I'm eating. Well, what is it, baby? When are you going to stop being a little fucking baby? Because last month, I don't like being at home. I just want to go to a restaurant. Okay, now you can go to a restaurant. And that's how you should fucking go to one. You want to go all the way normal to a restaurant? Well, you fucking can't. Grow up. Get used to it. It's a pandemic. You're lucky you're even going to a fucking restaurant. That's, you got to show respect. And all these liberals, black lives matter. Well, guess what? It's affecting people of color disproportionately. So don't give me that shit either, where you sit there at your five-hour fucking appointments. You're walking around not having been tested. You have no idea what you're carrying, what you're not, but you're also just sending a message. So when somebody drives by these cafes, after a day of really not hearing much in the news about it, from Donald Trump going, it's a hoax, from Governor Newsom going, I believe science, but I'm opening everything up, even though cases are spiking, to all the leadership. And... that doesn't seem to have a firm grasp on what to say when the in- I'm sick of my friends going, nobody knows what to do. There's no information on this. Yes, there is. Listen to the fucking scientists. Nobody is. Governor Cuomo did a great job. So, and, and the <clears throat> president of New Zealand, prime minister, whatever her name is. So, okay. Australia, too. They're almost done with it. I, I agree. They should put, everyone should put a travel ban and not let Americans travel to them. Why would you ever put your country at risk? But when you hear nothing that makes any sense from the top down all day, and then you drive down with your top down, the top of your car, I mean, and you drive by a restaurant, and you see people eating, you kind of go, well, they're fine. But you don't know if they're fine. Well, they seem fine. I don't have to do anything. And you start to lose. It sends a bad. I don't care if you say, go to a restaurant, but wear a mask. Do you understand how people are? There's a psychology to the human race. If you're telling people, go to a restaurant, oh, but it's really, 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 really dangerous. that We haven't flattened the curve. Wear a mask. You've already said go to a restaurant. They don't take wear a mask seriously. They just don't. And they make up their own rules. Oh, well, I trust no mask with Susie. They make up their own rules. If you, ha- if you were like me and you took a two-week sabbatical from news and you drove by a cafe and you saw people sitting there, you go, oh, we must have flattened the curve. This is great. It's ba- it sends a bad message. And your part of sending a message that everything's normal when it isn't. Why can't you deal with the fact that it's not normal? That's anxiety. Get it under control. And all these white women screaming... I have a breathing problem. I can't wear a mask. I mean, I'm not defending them, but that's anxiety. There is a deep anxiety about 
realizing you've never had your own thoughts, you've never had your own opinion, you don't know who to believe and you're freaking out. I, I heard something very telling. One of these psychos that went to a town hall meeting and was yelling about masks or taking away our personal freedom and, and Democrats love that. They love taking away our freedom. She said, and, and you all smirk at me under your masks. And I was like, that, that, pause it, pause it, that, 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 that. See, everybody focuses on, oh, they learned from Donald Trump or Alex Jones, like all these, you know, hoax things. Sure, fine, maybe. That's not the issue. If we want to get to deprogramming these people, that, pause it on that, rewind, and you're smirking at me under your mask. Boom, that. You're smirking at me under your mask. Now, that is someone who is deeply paranoid hasn't moved through the narcissistic phase of life when you're a baby and everything's interesting about your own body and you're touching your belly button. You only know your own world. But there is a psychological anxious thread there. You're smirking at me behind your mask. I want everyone's face where I can see it because I know you're talking about me at the Christmas party. It's a borderline personality disorder. You're You're messing with me. You're messing with me. Well, no one's going to take advantage of me. I don't want to see any masks on anybody. And they're wearing them because they think they're better than me. That's in the DSM is like, it's what's called like a cluster B kind of narcissistic personality disorder borderline. It's a, it's not, it's not crazy, crazy bad, but it's, it's all in there. And that they never stop to think, well, I could wear a mask too. Then I'd be one of them and no one would be smirking at me even though no one's smirking anyone, but that's the point is she doesn't like not being able to see faces. I'm telling you, that's the problem. Not that she watched an Alex Jones video. The need to latch onto these kind of conspiracies is a deeply personal anxiety issue. So anyway, oh my God, another unfunny episode. How do I do it two weeks in a row? Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So my mother, here, we'll talk about my mom. She'll be funny. Now, I don't want to give away my mom's politics because that's her business. And she's always been big into like, doesn't talk about who she votes for. But she's voted Democrat, Republican, back and forth, back and forth. She voted for Obama. But I do believe 
my mom doesn't like meanness in that sense that, um, you know, she'll, she loves to laugh at like anyone who does a Trump impersonation, but then she gets kind of sad because <clears throat> I think she's seen America change a lot. And I think it, it hurts her to think that things have changed beyond recognition. I don't think she wants to acknowledge that. So she'll just keep it at, look, look, I wanted to give Trump a chance. I thought he was maybe a good businessman. Now I see, no. But she doesn't really understand what we see out in the real world in terms of <coughs> uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but what wh wh you might see. And what I've seen in real life, I travel the country. I don't just go by what I see on the news. But I have seen Confederate flags. I have seen many protests. I have seen racial intimidation. I have seen it on the road. I go to almost all 50 states. It's why, again, I don't do big tours during election years because everyone's acting too fucking crazy. And I mean truly. Uh, both anyone who's been influenced by Russian propaganda, which could include people on the left as well. I've had both... Um, give me trouble on the road. So I don't. Now, my mother, for the first time, has seen the classic Trump supporter who doesn't believe in the science. My mom and dad, I was very upset with them, but I chose not to yell at them, <clears throat> went to Foxwoods Casino last weekend. I could not fucking believe it. They told my sisters not to tell me. Of course, my sisters told me. But we're worried about them. We're not gossiping about them. We're really worried. I mean, they, they had been sheltering in place for months. And two weeks ago, they finally went to visit my sister. And both my sisters, my parents, socially distanced, everyone with masks on. Everybody got pre-existing conditions. One of my sisters survived cancer. Her T-cells really never went back to normal. My mom has high blood pressure and a heart, a pacemaker. My dad has high blood pressure. And, and they're in their 80s. But, so my sister gave them an iPhone, like her iPhone, wiped it clean. They're doing FaceTime with me, which was fun. I got to see them because they don't have iPhones at home. And I'm never going to do a Zoom with them. I don't think they could. Maybe they could. I could actually, I could actually try it. Anyway, so <coughs> it was great to see them. And... I worried when they got home. I was like, oh, God, they spent too long there. What if my sister didn't wipe the phone down well enough? Oh, God, they're going to get sick. Oh, no. You know, I was really worried. And then I find out as I'm worrying, they're at the fucking casino that opened back up. And I think my mom thought somehow it would be safe because of the rules, the, the wiping and the masks and you can't sit near people. But one of the rules is no more smoking. And my mom saw a guy smoking, and she said through her mask. So my mom believes, and so does my dad. My dad is, unfortunately for me, watches Fox News constantly, the whole thing. But he believes in this, and he wears his damn mask. He gets, like, you have to keep reminding him. He gets kind of defiant. Like, he loves talking to people. He'll just go up to t and talk to anyone. And uh, it's only gotten worse with age, you know. And so 
my mom's like, Ronnie, go, don't go near people. So, so my dad's playing golf in the 95 degree like humidity heat wave. You know, my mom's in the casino. And she says to a guy, put your mask on. It's under your chin, and you're not supposed to be smoking. And he said to her, why don't you something like take another breath and then go home and die? To a really nice lady, just a lady, 82, at the slot machine. And then she saw another woman in line like to get some food, and she goes, excuse me, you're not six feet away from me, and your mask is under your chin. And the woman told my mom to fuck off. And my mother was like, what? Like, she's never seen this in real life. And I go, was it a Trump supporter? She goes, well, oh, now, yes, her mask did say Trump 2020. But I don't want to say that it's a certain kind of person doing this. I'm like, oh, but on that, that's what it looks like on that side. On my side, it looks like I'm making up my own rules, and I just had to get a mani-pedi and then go to a birthday party and then stay in a hotel for a week, and then I just had to play a show at a comedy club, and then I just had to go to a restaurant, and then I just had to decide that 10 of my friends are safe, we're all going to go to each other's house. Like, that's what my side looks like. And the other side looks like, go fuck yourself, old woman, and die. This isn't real. Both, to me, are equally bad. And I'm not trying to both sides it. I'm, I'm trying to say most people <coughs> I, I'm not trying to. I'm, I, I don't actually think both are equally bad because one can be reasoned with. But anyone who doesn't believe this is real, I, it's so scary. But I see two kinds of attitudes. Let's put it that way. And both kinds of attitudes piss me off. And I think the, the reason that the, oh, I totally believe in the science, but I'm doing it anyway, pisses me off, is because there's a lack of this kind of, can you do something that is demonstrable? Can you do something that looks sacrificial? I don't know how to explain it. But, so anyway, my mom was freaked out by these freaks. She tried to tell the people that work at Foxwoods, you know, what is it with the smoking? They're not supposed to be. And the people that work there were like, we didn't want to be here. They made us open up or said we'd lose our jobs. You know, it's like, it's a disaster. So she's like, I don't think we're going back for a long time. I'm like, don't go back ever until there's 19 vaccines and they have a ventilator at every slot machine. Like, please. I don't trust them. I think they're lying to me. I think they'll be back in a couple weeks. <coughs> I honestly, I don't know if it's getting through to them. Like, I tried to explain to my mom, my friend Lori, her mom is your age, and she died of this. She got it. Because, it's, see, my friend Lori's mom, Lori Kilmartin, really funny comedian, she live-tweeted her mother's COVID death, and she had live-tweeted her dad's hospice experience years ago, not in, like, a trying-to-be-funny way, like, both, like, the gallows humor of death, but really showing us what grieving is like, and it was beautiful, and she wrote a book about it called Dead People Suck, and then she did it again with her mom, and her mom broke her hip and had to just, or not even broke her hip, like, something more minor than breaking her hip, but 
the hospital was like, well, she doesn't need to be here. We'll put her in like a nursing home where they can do daily rehab. She was just supposed to be doing physical rehab for a week because it was simply she just couldn't get herself off the toilet to stand back up. That's it. She just needed care. And they were like, a rehab is best. You know, don't bring her home with a nurse because she can barely move. So Lori puts her in this nursing home. She gets COVID in the nursing home. She's dead five days later. She's dead. She's dying over the iPad. You know, <clears throat> Lori fought really, really hard to get to go physically visit her mother. And they let her visit for an hour. She put all the PPE on, did all the whole thing. And uh, her mom was one of those people that didn't think COVID was real or that it was that bad. And she died alone, um, drowning in her own unable to breathe and I know sometimes my parents can get like well I'm getting old I just want to enjoy my life something's going to kill me and it's like but let something nice kill you you don't know yet how you're going to go you could just die in your sleep at 99 you know you could just pass out go unconscious and then hit your head and you're dead why do you want to go in a way why do you want to risk going in a way that is so excruciatingly lonely where no one can be with you. I can't fly out and see you. And you cannot breathe as it closes in on your lungs. Why do you want to go to a casino? I mean, can you think of anything else to do? You know? And it's this notion that people have of, I have to live my life. It's like, I just want to grab everyone and hug them and go, life is different for right now. So please, the more you fight going back to your old life, the more pain you'll be in and the more you'll want to rebel. If you can just say, huh, I mean, we were doing it for a while and this is why I'm so fucking bummed out. I loved that we're all in this together. I'm making sourdough bread on Instagram, whatever that whole trend was. And, you know, people saying, well, you know, I cleaned out the last thing in my closet or you know, it, it's, I miss that. And I'm not saying I wish these Black Lives Matter protests, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about, I thought people had learned something. I thought everyone had learned to sit with themselves a little more and that they might do things differently. But now I look at Los Angeles, just back to how it, it always was. Rushing around traffic, beep, beep, fuck you. It's just crazy out there. I took a drive to get a COVID test. I had scheduled it for the wrong time and I missed it. Um, so they gave it to someone else, of course, which is fine. But I said, oh, I'll just reschedule online. And she's like, this was kind of the last wave of tests. Like, we're not going to have any for a while. So I was like, okay. But I had to drive into, in quotes, the city. And it was just mayhem. It was just busy, 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 busy. Everyone's being busy. So they don't have to sit with their own thoughts. I am, I, I feel the thing that I predicted I would feel. I feel lonely in this reality where it's like, I liked slowing down. And I'm, again, guys, I'm not talking about very broke people who have no choice but to work. I'm talking about people like me who live in a feast or famine industry, who've had a little bit of feast right before this period of famine, and we're okay. We're, we're making do. We're making less money every month with our Patreons, but we got a little bit of savings from some jobs we had at the beginning of the year. We're piecing it together. We'll be good for a little while. 
up all the way to very successful people in comedy who have savings that goes on for 10 years. That those people, or not just comedy, but in anything, those people who don't have to be anywhere, but need to get back to the hustle and grind of 19 appointments in one day, and I'm going back to the office, even though they say I can work from home. What happened to all of that stuff that we were going to do, you know? It's just, so I'm just, I don't think we're going to have, everyone's like, oh, we're going to be in a second lockdown. I don't think so. I think they've decided this is the new normal. Um, I know that somebody should write an article about, <clears throat> hey, what happened to all we were supposed to learn in quarantine? I'd have to find the right angle because I don't want people to be like, what about me? I can't work. What about a protest? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. So yeah, I guess I'm just bummed about it. Today I feel bummed. By the way, thank you to everybody who reached out and wanted to get the anxiety email that I put together. I still send it out. I will keep sending it out until my fingers fall off. So I seem fun at gmail.com. Just put anxiety help in the subject heading. Most people do this and they're just like, thanks. A lot of people are like, well, I'm going to help you and send you an email about this and you can add to it. I'm not adding to it with anything you guys send me. This is very much based on the model of these are the things that worked for me. I'm giving you a bunch of information. I do not, if you want to send your own email out based on your, that's fine. You know, let's just leave well enough alone. Um, so, I don't know. So I was going to do this thing where I talk about a, not doing beauty stuff for you, which I guess I will. So there's a world where I could get a haircut if I did it outside with a mask on. And I do have a big outside area where I live. It's a shared area, but I could find a little pocket of it. I'm, I'm allowed to, you know, no one's going to come near me. But so I do have, um, it's funny because I was going to break up with my hairdresser anyway before this. But there's another guy at the same salon that I think is good. And I might just ask him, once my hair grows out into what I want, I'm going to ask him to cut it. I'm just going for an all one length. It's a look I had in 2016, just an all one length, um, right at the shoulder, long bob. And then I can do that kind of like, um, just kind of bent curl look. And then I'll have my streaky highlights. So but so once I, I have to just grow out all these weird layers and then once it's like super long, I'll have him cut it to what I want it to be. But if I, if I ask someone to cut it now, um, it's just going to be an annoying, like in between style. So I'm just, it's getting longer and longer. It's pretty crazy. And you know, I don't like the color that it is. I mean, it's just not what I want, but I'm not going on auditions right now. I'm not going anywhere. So I don't need, I just keep, t there's something about, I don't need this. You know, I haven't had a, I used to get manicures once a week. I haven't had one in four months. My nails have never been stronger. I don't, I used to be obsessed with like push back and cut my cuticles. The, the, my cuticles aren't even presenting a problem. I haven't had a pedicure. Um, my toenails are fine. I just, 
cut them. My feet are great. Um, you know, I'm not gross. I have this weird thing where I shave my legs every day and have since for like 20 years every day. I need to feel soft and silky smooth, even if I'm just dead alone. So it's not like I don't do my little like rituals, but like a professional facial. Like I used to do that once every three weeks. It's like I'm doing them at home. But there's certain things that it's like, look, I would like to go back to some things, you know, like I do want to go back to professional hair. I do want to go back to professional facial. Um, and, uh, you know, things like that. So it's not like I'm never going to do this stuff again. But I'd like to see how it feels to not do it for a year because it was starting to get in this like obsessive cycle where I always had all these appointments, 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 appointments. And I was starting to do things, you know, getting my hair uh, trimmed and the roots touched up. Like, it was becoming every four weeks. Like, everything was just getting, it was just to where, like, every second, if I didn't look like my version of perfect, it's like, well, I'm on the road a lot. Well, I have this, and I'm in front of people, and I'm in Hollywood. And that's probably true. It's probably because I haven't been in front of anyone. But it's also was just a myth I was making up, you know, like, I'm in a writer's room, like, I don't need to look a certain way. You know, it, it was just this sort of, like, obsession with taking care of and being busy. Like, the self-care became uh, a superficial version of self-care. So I want to see, it probably, what it, I'm, I want to go the rest of 2020. So it won't be, like, an official year, but the last time I did have any of that stuff was end of February. I had appointments booked for facial and hair and all that the week we went into lockdown. So I would love to do, I don't know what I'm going to get out of it, a blog probably, but just kind of like, you know, 300 days without a manicure or whatever, like some kind of, I just want to do it and get through the year and go, wow, that didn't, it saved me money and it didn't, I don't know how to explain it I because I haven't done it yet. I want to see how that changes me or doesn't. I don't think it would change me on some huge level, but I want to see how it affects me. Let's put it that way. And if the result could be it didn't affect me at all and I'm going right back to whatever, that's fine. But I just, um, you know, there's part of me that does want to run out and like just my hair is so annoying, but I'm just like, just keep in mind, This is a really fucking crazy, wild, contagious disease, and I don't need this. But when it's time for a haircut, I will do it outside. But I do want to also try to go a year. So we'll see what happens. Again, it's one of those things where, like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll – I have a few um, connections with magazine online magazines that will pay me to write something, so I'll probably just contact them and – you know, do it. I mean, when I say get paid, it's like 200 bucks to do a lot of work. So we'll see. Anyway, there was this article I read in the New York Times months ago that was like, if you're online dating in quarantine, here's some fun questions to ask. And I just think these are fun questions to answer anything, you know? So one of them was, what's the post-COVID trip you want to take? And I've been thinking about this. I've been planning trips in my head forever I want to go to Iceland and now I'm I'm like oh well let's go to the places that have not that much COVID or that handled it really well so I want to go to Iceland 
I do want to go back to Italy. I know you're like, Italy? That was the hot spot. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, the, pretending everything's perfect. I want to go to Italy. <clears throat> um, like more like the whole, uh, you know, where George Clooney lives. Not because of that. But, um, but that kind of part of it, you know. I want to go to, like, Mallorca. I want to go all over, like, parts of Spain. I want to go to Prague. I want to go to, um, yeah, everywhere. I, I just have so many places I've never been in Europe, and I just want to go back. And then I want to go to Iceland. And then there's a place that I follow on Instagram. It's, it's like, called the Arctic Treehouse. It's not in the Arctic. I think it's... I forget where it is. I think it's like in Finland kind of. And it's just totally snowy. And you stay in these beautiful, I mean, it's like five-star, like beautiful. But they're these treehouse, almost bungalow uh, hotel rooms where it's like all glass windows, but you're kind of up, up high on, you know, and you're in among the trees and it's just completely crazy covered in snow and there's fireplaces inside oh my god it sounds so great I really miss the snow I want to live where there is snow so I kind of want a vacation where there is snow even though I don't ski or participate in any of that nonsense but those are the post-covid trips I want to take um one of the questions was breaking the rules fun or frightening I do not like to break real rules, such as COVID-19 restrictions. I, I find that frightening. But I like to break societal rules. You know, rules that shouldn't be rules, but are somehow unspoken rules of society. Like, don't make waves in your community. You know, like speaking out in comedy against what, assault or, you know, microaggressions or what. I don't know how to explain it. Um, or, you know, not having kids or something like that. But, yeah, I, I love these questions. So I'll get to them another time. Because uh, I kept talking and talking. I have a, a listener. I don't know if they're still doing this. I never wrote them back. I apologize, listener. His name is Kevin. Uh, Kevin, I will tell you that I do not personally need what you sent out because it's just not something I do in my life or have the people to, that would do it with me. But I'm okay with that. I don't. It's not <clears throat> my thing, but I think it's great. Um, so this is what Kevin wrote to me. I think it's kind of creative and see this, like, where's this stuff now? Or is everyone just done with stuff like this? Kevin said, hi, Jen. I'm a bit of a Microsoft office nerd. I used it a lot for work and a game show nerd. So I've used these two nerdy interests during quarantine to develop PowerPoint based game shows. The one that works best is family feud. I figured out how to get each answer to slide in whenever someone guesses it. That's cool. I also added those big red X's and sound effects for correct answers, incorrect answers, and when revealing answers no one got with an audience, ah, sound. <laughs> I've been finally able to do Family Feud Zoom parties with my family, my friends, and my coworkers. It was fun to figure out and construct, fun to put together the questions and answers, and fun to get people together to play. I'm happy to send you the template if that's something you're interested in seeing. Now I'm trying to do one for $100,000 pyramid prices right and others. I started on a press your luck board, but that was way too complicated to make it in PowerPoint. Your live chat the other night was really fun. Thanks so much for doing that, Kevin. Kevin, you're obviously a uh, Patreon subscriber. 
I don't know if you'd be willing to share it, but maybe other patrons would want to do that. Um, I think that's great. Why don't you all email me? What are you disappointed in with quarantine? Do you feel the way I do? Like, I kind of liked when we were all in this together. And what's happening with your friendships? I think with me, my friends are getting to the point where they're taking it personally that I won't go hang out with them. I think they're kind of mad at me. And I, I don't know. I'm bummed. So iSeemFun at gmail.com. Let me know what's your, what's your life right now in quarantine. Let's have another check-in. And send it to me sooner rather than later. Because I usually tape these podcasts on the weekend. So if you're hearing this on Wednesday, get to writing. And hopefully I'll have a lot to read over the next few weeks. So again, if you're a $35 level subscriber of my Instagram, I tell a story about how we met. Unfortunately, everyone thinks these stories are real. And that's made me sad because some of them are like, I once tipped $30,000 and then lived in a furniture store because I didn't have any money left. And people thought that was real. Or the time I took a subway all the way to the end and stole an MTA worker's uniform. People thought that was real. And I'm really afraid of saying something that will offend people when they didn't listen to the fact that these are made up stories. I didn't want to have to emphasize that they're made up because it's supposed to be like a funny private joke for the Patreon subscriber. And y'all are supposed to go, what is she talking about? Oh, that must be a Patreon thing. Well, this is a funny story, but I know it's not true. So I had to spell it out. Bummed that I did. Bummed that I did. But that's okay. So I'm going to tell a story today about a Patreon subscriber. Of how we became best friends. Her name is Wendy. Well, Wendy and I met in Paris. Oh, my God, it was 10 years ago now. And uh, I was sitting there just, you know, I went to Paris with a friend of mine. And she kind of had a stomach ache. And I said, well, if you're okay and you're just going to go to sleep early, she was in bed by like 8. I'm like, I'm going to go out for a, a cheese plate and a glass of wine. So I did, and I was sitting alone. And I saw everyone smoking, and I thought, I, I want to bum a cigarette. I'm in Paris. I don't want to buy a whole pack. I don't even know where there's a pack right now. I want to smoke right this second with everyone else. But I tried to buy a pack. I asked the waitress, and she was like, no, no, we do not sell. So I went next to someone, and I said, can I have a smoke? And they stare at you in, in Paris because it is the rudest thing to bum a cigarette, like the rudest thing. And everyone will just look at you, and it's a big deal. You feel really shamed after they'll sort of look at you like, really? It's not even that they want you to pay them for it. It's just like, get your own or like, no, what what do I amuse you? Am I some French clown over here? You're going to imitate me and then smoke your little cigarette over there? But they'll give you one just to shut you up and then they'll laugh and talk about you loudly. So I did that and I felt horrible. Couldn't even enjoy the cigarette because I was being made fun of. And this woman came up to me and said, do you have a cigarette? And I, I knew I had to make up for what had just been done to me. And I said, I really don't. I'm an American. Don't bum one off of anyone here because it's culturally not a thing. 
And she was like, oh, I never heard that. And I said, yeah. And I said, let's go buy a pack. So we finished up and I, I paid the bill. And as we were walking, it started to snow. And I said, well, do you still want to walk to find a pack? And she goes, yeah, I just really need one. And so we started talking. I said, why do you feel you need a cigarette? And she said, well, you know, my name's Wendy. My parents named me because I was born on a really, really windy night. And she goes, since ever since then, whenever it's really windy, something very strange happens to me. And she said it was just very windy on my flight over here. I was actually supposed to land in, um, in Germany, but we had to stop and land in Paris instead. So I'm not even supposed to be here. But I decided to just stay for three days because that flight was so rough. I don't want to get on another one. And I said, oh, okay. And then she said to me, hey, what's that thing in your hand that you keep looking at? And I said, my iPhone? Why, do you have like an Android? She goes, what's an Android? What's an iPhone? And I was like, what? And I was like, did she hit her head during the turbulence? I said, well, I don't know if you're kidding. It's a, I, what do you say when someone says I've never seen an iPhone? And she was ano- just another American woman. It was very strange. I explained it. And she goes, oh, yeah, where I'm from, we don't have those yet. And I said, well, where are you from? Like, I've been to almost every state that no, nowhere is that backwards. And she just laughed and she said, I, when I have this cigarette, I'll, I'll open up more. So finally we, we found a, a place that sells them a bar that sells them. But we didn't want to stay at that bar cause it was loud. So we found a little place that had outdoor seating and we were willing to sit outside even though it was snowing. She had her cigarette and she told me that, um, she was from 1972. And I said, born in 1972? She goes, no, no, from 1972. So she's been stuck in a time-space continuum for a long time. She got off that windy flight, but that flight had taken off in 1972. So she was time traveling, but she can't figure out how she time travels. It just has to do with whenever it's windy, she gets knocked around into different years. She was just in 1994, the week before. So... You know, I thought maybe she was crazy, but then I thought, well, how would I feel if I time traveled and I told someone and they didn't believe me? I'd be like, this is so fucking frustrating. I time traveled. And you go with Jen. She should go to the police or the hospital. Really? They're just going to lock her up. Sometimes you have to tell a stranger your craziest secrets because they're the only ones that can handle it. You know, when you tell a stranger your craziest secrets. They don't have a pre-existing relationship with you, so you're not ruining any relationship. They might sit and listen longer, knowing they can technically get up and walk away at any time. And sometimes that's why it feels good to tell a stranger something. So I said, well, you know, Wendy, I I always thought I wanted to time travel, but I think it would scare me. So I hope, like, hanging out with you doesn't mean that I'm going to end up time traveling. And she's like, no, it's just my own thing. But, um, you know, thanks for being a friend. And I was like, sure. So we keep in touch. Um, I haven't seen her in 10 years, but we email every day. We talk on the phone five times a week, and Wendy tells me about her adventures. She has gone into 2040. She told me not to tell anybody, but she said I could mention it on the podcast um, as long as I didn't say her last name. She said that uh, the aliens do eventually come, and uh, it's not that it's a hostile takeover, it's like they always had good intentions, but they think we're so stupid that they do believe they have to hostily take us over. Um, 
so yeah, there would be kind of a, it's not going to be an epic sky battle. It's going to be more of the same of what's going on now. Like the aliens will come and people will be like, you think you're fucking better than us? Like, what are you, Democrats? And they're like, we're aliens, you fucks. Um, so yeah, it's going to be weird. But I, 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 she said, don't even worry about it because the tsunami of 2030 that happens in a desert go figure is going to wipe out most of us anyway and I was like geez Wendy you're bringing me down but then she'll tell me about the time she time traveled to go see Elvis in Vegas and I'm like oh that sounds fun anyway so thanks Wendy she's a $35 contributor to Patreon and I'm, I'm really grateful for her friendship and for her monthly uh, contribution Here's some good news in masks. I'll read you guys this article before we peace out. Everybody's been saying this. It's nothing new, but this woman actually wrote it down so she gets to claim that it's her thing, which is good for her. Jessica Bennett wrote an op-ed. Silver lining to the mask for women. Not having to smile. <laughs> like everything else, seasonal cat calling will be different this time of year. That's kind of why I like wearing the mask is I have my sunglasses on, my mask, and my hat, and I'm just like, I'm hiding from everybody, men, women, and the whole thing. feels like a undercover. Uh, for most of my life, I've had a minor but chronic condition. My face, when it is at ease, looks not just serious but mean. There are women who will recognize this problem, particularly those who around this time of year as the sun comes out and more of us are outside have grown accustomed to being asked, why don't you smile? by anonymous people, usually men, on the street, that or breathlessly practicing how we can put more people at ease by softening our facial expressions in the mirror. These smile critics are not only on the street, of course. Sometimes they are on television, offering advice to female politicians or female athletes or politicians suggesting that the Speaker of the House might try smiling more or President Trump, who appeared to say it to his wife during a recent photo op. They have inspired at least one art exhibit, Stop Telling Women to Smile, by Tatiana Fazlalizetta. Uh, but if there are one tiny, very tiny silver lining to the reality that masks are a necessary component of our daily lives, now it is this. Smiling on our own terms. For the first time ever, the weather getting nicer is not correlating with more men demanding that I smile. So that's something. Thanks, face mask. Steph Harold, an activist and researcher in Queens, tweeted recently, Not having to fake smile or apologize for coming off a certain way has been such a weight off my shoulders, said Talia Kudabak, a recruiter in Austin, Texas. Wearing a mask is so liberating I might hang on to it, even if they do find a COVID-19 cure, said Claire McIntosh, an author who lives in Wales. I walked past a building site the other day, and despite my resting bitch face, no one yelled at me to smile, love. No random men in the supermarket have suggested I cheer up. And not a single person has suggested I'd look prettier with a grin on my face. In the midst of a pandemic that has brought to light so many of the festering inequities brewing just underneath the surface, and as racial injustice takes rightful center stage in American activism, feminine facial freedom is a minor victory. But it is also not nothing. Studies have found that people are less likely to find friendly-looking faces guilty of crimes. White people who look happy are generally deemed more trustworthy. There is all sorts of research about the subtle, and sometimes not subtle at all, race and gender biases wrapped into how we view another's facial expressions. 
or in some cases our inability to see them with people of color often paying the highest price. In the pandemic, black men have expressed worry that facial masks will invite racial profiling by police. When it comes to gender, there seems to be a deeply ingrained association between femininity and smiling. Studies have found that smiling babies are more likely to be labeled female by onlookers, while men view serious women as less attractive than those who look friendly, the opposite of how women view men. When women do tend to smile more than men across age groups and ethnicities, but it's not necessarily because they are happier. In fact, women suffer higher rates of depression. But rather, said Marianne LaFrance, a psychologist at Yale University who studies gender and nonverbal communication, women feel pressure to smile and they can be penalized if they don't. Women get completely socialized that smiling should be the default expression on their face, said Dr. LaFrance, the author of Why Smile? The Science Behind Facial Expressions, so everyone expects it, including women themselves. Nancy Henley, a cognitive psychologist, has theorized that women's frequent smiling arises from their lower social status in the world. She has called the smile a badge of appeasement. Others have pointed out that women are more likely to work in the customer service sector where smiling is an asset. But smiling has also been found in work settings to be associated with burnout, Dr. LaFrance said. Five years ago, the writer Shulamith Firestone called for a smile boycott in which she wrote, all women would instantly abandon their pleasing smiles, henceforth smiling only when something pleased them. In more recent years, Safeway workers have said that the company's smile and make eye contact rule was often mistaken for flirting. Oh, Jesus Christ. While flight attendants for Cathay Airlines used the threat of not smiling as part of a negotiation tactic for higher pay. In 2016, after complaints from employees at T-Mobile, the U.S. National Relations Board ruled that companies were no longer allowed to require employees to be cheerful. But perhaps the face mask obviates all of that. In parts of Asia, masks have long been used for things other than simply blocking the passage of germs. As Voice of America has reported, masks have been used to protect against heavy pollution and exhaust. Chinese youth have worn masks to build a social firewall against being approached by other people, while Japanese women mask their faces on days when they don't have time to put on makeup. Anna Piella, a visiting scholar in religious studies and gender at Northwestern University, has noted that Muslim women she has interviewed said they find it easier to wear masks because it has softened the stigma of face coverings. Of course, there is purpose to the polite smile. The thing about facial expression is that it is so much a part of our lives. It keeps so much flowing, Dr. LaFrance said. Indeed, suddenly with a mask on, I was at a loss for how to express my gratitude to my mail carrier. I gave him an awkward thumbs up. I couldn't smile at dogs or children. Dogs don't need you to smile at them. Or the protesters marching down my street. I stared way too long at a woman jogging in a sports bra, trying to figure out through her mask if she was somebody I knew, only to realize I looked like I was leering. It creates this kind of weird anonymity, said Qualan Felix, a junior at Columbia University, who recently wrote about how street harassers had missed the memo about COVID-19. When I'm at the supermarket, I still try to reaffirm those working with a smile, but it kind of ends up me staring at them awkwardly. 
Dr. Lynn Jeffers, the president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, noticed that there is a lot that can be conveyed through the eyes, voice, and brows. Uh, as Dr. LaFrance described it, the social obligatory smile, which is the one that women do the most, tends to be focused on the mouth muscles easily covered up by a mask, but a genuine smile, or what is known in the field as the Duchenne smile, named for Guillaume Duchenne, a French autonomist who discovered it, involves both the mouth and the eyes. If Tyra Banks told you, smiles. What's interesting, Dr. LaForce said, Oh, they said Dr. LaFrance, and then here they said LaForce. I caught a typo. It said that the facial muscle engaged by a genuine smile can't be used on command. So will the mask stifle a smile? No, but it will stifle a fake one. Boom. There you go, everybody. Wear your masks. Stay home if you can. Let's kick this COVID in the cunt so that I can get back out there and live my happy life. I don't want to be stuck inside. I don't enjoy it. I can do it, but I don't enjoy it. So until next week, have fun. Join the Patreon. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.